We have been learning the halachas that relate to a father's obligation to his children, specifically of a father to his son, the obligations of Talmud Torah, Mila, Pidyan Aben, and also we talked about Chinuch and support of the child. Today we will begin to discuss the obligations of children to their parents. The same Mishnah in Kedushin, on Dav Chavtes, that mentions the obligations of a father to children, also says there, is, uh, there are obligations from children to parents, but there is a big difference. Although we said that the obligation of parents to children, more specifically, we discussed the obligations of fathers to sons, the question of the mother was discussed <coughs> parenthetically because the real obligations in the Mishnah are on the father toward his son. This category that we are going to discuss now, the obligations of children to parents, are equal between male and female. Both boys and girls, young men, young women, are mechuyav, or obligated in kibbutz av and kibbutz aim. And I'd like to emphasize at the very beginning that there's no basic distinction between kibbutz av and kibbutz aim. The only time that the Gemara discusses the, rel- the relative value of kibbutz av to kibbutz aim is if there's a clash between kibbutz av and kibbutz aim. And then the Gemara says, indeed, that one should give the kavod to his father before you give the kavod to the mother. But when there's no clash, they're exactly equal. This point was made to me very, very clearly in a very inc- interesting incident that occurred in 1968 or so, when I was in the Shia of Rav Soloveitchik. As we know, Rab, the, the Rav's mother, the Rebetzin, Rav Moshe's Rebetzin, was P- Niftar in 1967. She, her, her husband, Rav Moshe, had been, was Niftar in the early 40s. And as has been written about and discussed and printed on the yard site of Rav Moshe, on Gimel Shvat, the Rav gave the yard site shear, which was the height of the Torah experience for the year in New York at that time. When the Rebetzin was nifter, the Rav came into Shear one day and said to us, I have a problem, because since I've been giving this Shear for my father every year, it's only right that I give a similar Shear for my mother, because Kibbut Av and Kibbut Aim are identical. Whatever you do for your father, you have to do for your mother, and vice versa. But then he said to us, he simply felt that he didn't have the strength to exert that same effort, the tremendous both intellectual and physical effort in giving that long shear of the, that he gave on, on the yard site, he felt he could not do it again in rather a short time. We'll remember that the Rav had yard site for his father in Gimel Shvat, and the Rebetzin was nifter in the, in the date not much longer. I don't remember the exact date, but somewhere within a month of that date. And the Rav felt he simply didn't have the strength to do it twice. At the end, what he had decided to do seems to be that on his father's yard site he gave this shear as he continued all his life, as long as he still had the strength. But for his mother, he 
together with his own wife, with the Rebetzin, he gave this lecture more specifically about Purim almost every year, which was a shir dedicated to the memory of his mother and his wife. This story just brought home to me the importance of understanding that Kibbut Av and Kibbut Ein are really very, very similar. The source, of course, of Kibbut Av Ein is found in Aseris Hadibros, both in Yisro and Vaischanan. Although it's not the chronological order, I'm going to start with the Aseris Hadibros in Sefer Dvarim in Parshas Vaischanan. The Torah there says, Kabedes Avicha Vasimecha, Kasher Tzivcha Shemalokecha. The phrase that I want to discuss is the Torah told us to honor your father and your mother as I commanded you, as God commanded you. Where did God command us? What does it mean? Lest we make any mistake, obviously, does not refer to the first Aserah Sadibros in Sefer. Yisra. There really are no two sets of Aseris Libras. They're repeated with minor changes. The Ibn Ezra discusses the minor changes. Many people discuss them. But it's not possible to say, as I commanded you in the Aseris Libras. This is the Aseris Libras. So Rashi in Chumash, on Sefer Tvarim, says, and Rashi says, Af al kibud avaim nitztavu b'mara. Rashi says the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim was given to us in Mara. The Torah there said we were given Chok and Mishpat. Now Rashi and Chumash and uh, many Mepharshim discuss what two mitzvahs, when the Torah said we were given Chok and Mishpat in Mara, what mitzvahs were we referring to? So when they refer to Chok, and we understand the Chok to be a law that the, the reason for which escapes us. As we, if we remember, Shlomo HaMelech said, Shlomo said, I thought I was intelligent, I thought I was smart, but that eludes me. And it's referring to the classic Chok in the Torah. What is he? The Medrash explains that he is referring to the Paraduma, the Red heifer, which has unusual characteristics in many, many different areas. We won't go into the explanation why the paraduma is a chok, how could one rationalize the paraduma. Suffice it to say that when the Torah said, Zos chukas ha-Torah, this is the chok of the Torah, it was referring to paraduma, and that's the way it's commonly understood by people that the classic chok is paraduma. So I could understand when the Torah said in Mara, Sham Samla Chok, in referring to the to Chok, one Chok was given, which Chok would you choose above all? I understand why Rashi thinks, in the name of, of course, of Chazal, that it's Paraduma. But what is Mishpat? Mishpat are, are, are laws, fair laws, from the word Mishpatim, from judges. So Rashi and many commentaries explain that Mishpat, in Mara, we were given Dinim. We were given the classic laws of dinim, which later on we know are the laws of mishpatim. Ve'ela ha-mishpatim ha-shotasimlim refers to monetary fiscal affairs. 
So, Chalk or Mishpat, Chalk is the Paraduma, and Mishpat is Dinim. But Rashi says here that Mishpat apparently is referring to Kibbut Avraim. I assume that Rashi would never have done this had he not been somewhat forced into it by the fact that he interpreted the words Kasher Tzivcha Hashem Alakecha to imply that the, kibbut, the mitzvah was given to us before, and the only source that he could find the mitzvah being given earlier was in Mara. But Chok does seem to be logical be, to be the Paraduma, and Mishpat, I don't know if I would have chosen Kibbutz Aim as an example of Mishpat, or perhaps even the classical example of Mishpat. However, it is interesting to note that the comparison of Para Aduma <coughs> and Kibbutz Aim not just found in this Rashi that Chok and Mishpat refer to Paraduma and Kibbutz Somehow there seems to be a connection between Paraduma and Kibbutz We all are familiar with the famous story in Maseches Kedushin where the Gemari says, how far are the limits of, of Kibbutz How much does one have to give up or expend on the concept of Kibbutz And the Gemari says, of course, that we can learn this from the tremendous, unbelievable story of a non-Jew, Dama ben Latina, who lived in Ashkelon. And the Gemara tells a story how he could have made a big profit. He had a business deal that he could have made a big profit, but he was not willing to awake, to waken his father, which he would have had to do in order to close the business deal. The Gemara says, you see how, how great Kibbutz Avayim, that even a non-Jew wanted to, was willing to, to pass up an important business transaction because of the respect he had for his father. And the Gemara said that he was indeed rewarded. Dama Benditina was given a para aduma. This red heifer is very unusual. It has to follow many, many specific details in, in halacha. And apparently there are not many paradumas. So he was given a paraduma. The Chachamim went to him and offered money, serious money, to buy the paraduma. Rama Benetina said to them, I know that I will I would be able to demand a king's ransom for this paraduma. I know how it impor- how important it is to you. But nevertheless, I only want to charge you the money that I would have made on that business deal. I gave up so much money for Kibbutz Avraim, I'd like it to be repaid to me in form of the Paraduma. So the contrast between Paraduma and Kibbutz Avraim seems to be an interesting one here. Because of Kibbutz Avraim, a person had the privilege of having a Paraduma. The Darshanim, the people, the homiletical experts, have explained this Gemara in a very beautiful way. Dama Benetina, it is true, was very careful, very meticulous about the mitzvah of But did he do it because it's Ratzon Torah, Because that's God's will? Because God wants us to honor our parents? Or did he do it because he felt it was the proper thing to do? He had respect for his father. The Yerushalmi in Maseches Peah discussing the famous Mishnah of Elu Devarim She'en Lam Shir when the Mishnah t- says that the these mitzvahs which are boundless and they include Kibbutz Avaim in them 
The Yushami explains that Kibbut Ha'em is indeed a priyas chov. It's a type of repayment, an obligation. I owe my parents. They were instrumental, A, in bringing me in this world, which by itself is the causes an obligation of Kibbut Ha'em. And in most cases, generally, they invested a lot of time and effort and money into raising the children. So, the Kibbut Ha'em is priyas chov. It's repaying it's a debt of gratitude. It's something automatic that a person should feel. So perhaps Dama Benetina was very careful in the mitzvah Kibbut Avayim. But does that show the greatness of, of Dama Benetina in general? Or does it show his tremendous appreciation for his parents and is a very isolated case? Let's contrast that with the Jewish people. In one hand, we fulfill the mitzvah Kibbut Avayim. But we would also keep the mitzvah paraduma, a mitzvah that we have no understanding for, a mitzvah that indeed could cause us a lot of lot of financial loss, and more than financial loss, it could create a certain tension between us and people who don't understand this mitzvah at all. Remember the Rashi, the people used to make would could make fun of us and they ask, "How do you think this paraduma works?" But nevertheless, we accept the mitzvah paraduma we would be willing to spend a fortune in order to attain the paraduma. And that shows the contrast between us and the non-Jews. Dama ben Natino was shown that lesson. Yes, it's true that you're careful about Kibbut Avayim, but not only are we careful about Kibbut Avayim, we're careful about paraduma as well. That the fact that people who were not Jewish or perhaps not religious, were, spe- were specialists and very meticulous. And the mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim is also emphasized in another medrash, a very famous medrash about Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Now Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, who came obviously from a princely rabbinic family, said about himself, I always was meticulous, I always was careful about the mitzvah of Kibbut Avayim. Nevertheless, I never attained the level of Kibbut Avayim that Esav HaRasha, Esav, who was not known as a tzaddik, was very, very careful about the mitzvah of Kibbut Av, and Rabbi Shimon Gamliel sort of envied him. I did not reach his level. It's true that I am careful, said Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Miyamai, kol yamai shiratitab. I did serve my father. I was, I was very careful about this mitzvah. Nevertheless, I never was privileged to come to the level of Esav. And what did Esav do? The Medrash goes on to say that Esav would put on his special clothes when he went to serve his father. If we'll remember, when Yaakov was dressed up to resemble Esav, it said that they're going to take Big day Esav achamudas hashariti babayis. You're going to take the special clothes of Esav. When Esav went to serve his father, he didn't just wear his regular uh, weekday outfit, but he put on special clothes. You're going to serve your father. Do it with respect. Do it in a dignified way. Especially when we remember that Esav knew that Yitzchak could hardly discern who it was. Yitzchak could hardly see who was coming. And nevertheless, 
Esau felt it is only proper for me to wear special clothes. Esau, Yitzchak wouldn't even know the difference. But Esau had this respect for his father that he went to serve his father. But nevertheless, Esau remains Esau. Esau can be careful about the mitzvah kibbutz avayim. But in contrast to other people, in contrast to Am Yisrael, Esau would only keep kibbutz avayim. But we would keep other mitzvahs as para aduma as well. So we've tried to explain the juxtaposition of para aduma and kibbutz avayim in Mara, as Rashi pointed out. However, the Ramban in Chumash has another interpretation completely. The Ramban is in Parshas Yisro. There, of course, the mitzvah of Kibbutz is given without the phrase Kasher Tzivcha Hashem Elokecha. But Torah says, Kabedet Avicha Vadimecha, Leman Yarichun Yamecha, Al Adama Shashem Elokecha Noitin Lach. The Ramban there says that the mitzvahs of Aser Sadibros basically can be divided into two. This assumption is a commonly understood feeling that, as it were, there are two luchos, five on each side, and we see the image that we have in, in many shuls and many places where they have a picture of the luchos, and we all know that Kibbut Avaim is the Dibra Hamishit. The mitzvah of honoring your parents is the fifth Dibur. The first four seem completely ben adam lemakam. These are mitzvot that a person is obligated to to recognize God, not to have other gods, etc. Whereas the second luach, the last five, have the mitzvot which seem to be completely ben adam Laws that a person has regarding his fellow man. Not to murder, not to steal, not to covet, etc. But we have the fifth. What is that? It seems to be the swing, the pendulum for, that we go from mitzvahs ben adam lechavero, from mitzvahs ben adam lemakam to mitzvahs ben adam lechavero. So is the dibur hamishi really part of the ben adam lemakam? That's what it would seem from the fact that it's from the fifth dibur. So the Ramban says. We have yet, we have just completed the first four Dibras, presumably, about things that we are obligated toward HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to the Creator Himself. And now, we begin to be commanded about the people who were created. Seemingly, the Mitzvah is Ben Adam Lechavero. They began with parents, with our father, because he is like a creator who takes part in the creation. The literal translation is our first father. And the person who gave birth to us in this world is our later father, our second father, or our last father. Of course, the allusion is to the Gemara that says they are partners in the creation of a man. There are three partners. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Abba, Ve'ima. Baruch Hu, mother and father. And we all 
will recall the image of Miriam becoming a leper. And the Torah said that Moshe intervened with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and asked for her to be cured. And he said, if her father had spit at her, she would be embarrassed for seven days. So now she should also be embarrassed for seven days. She should be outside the Machanef for seven days. And Chazal point out seven days because insulting parents would be seven days insulting HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who Kivayachal is parallel to parents as a shutaf to the parents. So the estrangement should be similar. The parents together as a unit are parallel somewhat to HaKadosh Baruch So the Ramban really says that the Ben Adam Lachavero starts with the Dibur HaChamishi with the fifth commandment really starts the Ben Adam Lachavero but indeed it's really because it's connected to Ben Adam Lamakam because the father is this, indeed the parents are the swing between the Kaddish Baruch Hu and the world. And then it comes the Ramban and says, V'lakach amar b'mishnah Torah k'asher tzivisicha b'chvodi k'en anochi mitzavcha b'chvod ha'mishtatefi mi b'yitziraschah. The Ramban now interprets the words in Sefer Devarim k'asher tzivcha Hashem elakecha to interpret, to mean that the same way that I commanded you to, in respect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I command you to respect the one, that means the parents, who are my partners in creation. So let's go back. Respect your parents. Just like you are commanded to respect God. Then the Ramban continues with his brilliant interpretation. But the Torah did not specify exactly what is the kavod that you're supposed to give to parents. And he goes on to say, Because that can be learned from the what was said above about your first father, about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Since your parents are as if they were, it were your second parents. The Molito Acharon, we can learn the Molito Acharon, we can learn the respect you have to give to the second parents from what you have to do to your first parent, namely HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And then he goes on to go one by one. He's going to say, this is the Dibra Hamishi, which now will refer to the first Dibros. Number one. The fact that the Torah says Anochi Hashem Elokecha means to recognize, to believe in Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In a similar vein, the Ramban says the first Yisod, the first foundation of Kibbut Av, Shehu Yode Boshu Aviv, to acknowledge the fact that He's your Father. Remember when we were children. I remember that very often a little child would get angry at his parents and would say something to them like, you're not my father. I don't want you to be my father. According to the Ramban, that is exactly the negation of what the Torah meant. The Torah said, Anochi Hashem recognize your father in heaven. Recognize the Molid HaRisham and Yodebo Shu Aviv Al Aviv HaAcharon. 
acknowledge the fact that he's your father. But then the Ramban continues, And you're not allowed to say that someone else is your father. The same way that we must acknowledge God to the exclusion of anyone else. There is no other God. So, must we acknowledge that our parents are our parents and there are no other parents. I always wondered about the halachic ramifications of such a statement. Because very often we say like he's like, he's my, he's, he's like my father. He's, she's like my mother. Would the Ramban agree that this is a, a proper statement to make? Calling people parents who are not your parents. Of course, there are two specific cases that we could raise in halacha. One is the custom that some people have of calling their in-laws father and mother, Abba, Ima, however you want to call it. Is this indeed a proper practice? Perhaps that should be discussed later when we discuss the, uh, the kavo the person is supposed to give to his father-in-law and to his mother-in-law. Right now, we'll just leave it as a question. Is it really proper? And of course, the question of calling your Rav, who is in a sense also your father, because we say that Kavod Rav is even greater than Kavod Av, because the, as is explained in the Gemara, the Ramam quotes it, your parents are, your, are the partners with the Kaddish Baruch Hu in bringing you into this world, but your Rav is the partner in bringing you to the next world. He prepares you for the next world. So Kibud Rav is also very great. Calling your Rav father is an interesting question as well. Can you do it? Call your Rav. Of course, we have no greater proof than the Navi who, saw, who sees his Rav going up He sees his Rav disappearing and he goes, Ovi, Ovi, Rechav Yisrael. My father, my father. So, proof from Tanakh is rather clear that there are individuals under unique circumstances that you can call your father. The Ramban is probably referring to other types of cases where you should not call someone else your father. The Ramban also adds, This, I don't know exactly where it occurred in Aser Sadibros, but the Ramban says you should not serve your father because you want inheritance or because you expect something from him. Kibbut Av should be a concept of Lishma. A concept, you do the mitzvah for the sake of the mitzvah. Not because you expect a, re- a reward. The Torah, in an interesting point, the Torah does say, The Torah does specify the reward for Kibbut Av. Nevertheless, the Ramban says the same way. You're supposed to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu without expecting a reward. You're supposed to expect your parents to respect your parents also without expecting reward. And then the Ramban comes with the last one. You should not take the name of your father in vain. The same way the Torah said, You can't take God's name in vain. You can't swear falsely. It's a special Easter, a terrible Easter. 
The world shook when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, do not take the name of God in vain. Do not swear falsely. Or even for no purpose. The Ramban says similarly, don't swear on your father's life falsely. This is something also that many people do. They swear on their father's whatever, on their father's life, on their father's grave, on their mother's life. The Ramban says, this is part of the cover that we have to show God, and the parallel would be in this world to show respect to your parents. You're not allowed to take a shove in the name of your parents. So the Ramban has this brilliant explanation, the same way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded you to serve Him, you are commanded to serve your parents. Is that all it is? Is that all the Torah required us to do? The Ramban immediately says, no. Other issues will also be included in the concept of Kavod. We are obligated in all types of Kavod. Now, when the Ramban says all kinds of Kavod, I would like, for just for the moment that's left, to discuss what type of Kavod is he referring to. The Gemara in Masechus Kedushin says very clearly, what is Kavod? Machilayu, Mashkeyu, Machniso, Motsiyo, Malbisho. The Gemara says the, the definition of Kavod is to give your father food, to give him drink, to help him go, go places, to help him in, go, go back, to help him get dressed. In other words, it seems that physical service to your parents is the definition of the mitzvah. To help your parents physically. Physical service. The concept of kavod in areas beyond the physical service in this price does not seem to exist. It all means personal service. Helping him physically. The Ramban, though, used the phrase, He is alluding to the Gemara that there are other obligations. In fact, in the footnotes of Rabbi Chevelle's edition, he quotes the Gemara, but he quotes in the name of Rabbeinu Bachai. Rabbeinu Bachai very often deals with the same issues as the Ramban and sometimes expands a little bit upon what the Ramban said. And he says, the Ramban, the, the Rabbin Bachai enumerated there are other things that we were able to do, and he quoted that Gemara, Machila, Mashkeu, Malbisha, Machseu, Machniso, Motzio, that same Gemara. But the Ramban did not just quote that Gemara. The Ramban said, Ki We're obligated in all forms of Kavod. What does that mean? Does the Ramban here mean that there's Kavod besides physical service? I'd like to conclude today's year with the words of the Chazonish. In Yeridea, Simon Reish Mem, the, the Chazonish says that there are specific things a person has to do with, to, for his parents. But besides that, he says, The Torah has a desire for a person to do Kibbutav. It doesn't specifically require us to do A, B, C, or D. What the Ramban tried to do, and the Gemara tried to do, is give exact parameters of the exact definition of Kibbutz Avaim. 
But the Chazoni said, maybe, perhaps, that's what the Ramban meant. It's more than the technical aspects that are said in the Gemara. It's not just the Kasher Tzidcha Bichvodi, the Ramban is exp- expression of the covered of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the covered of parents somehow interacting. But besides the physical service, it is the Ratzon Torah that a person should honor his parents in all different ways. And we'll d- discuss an elaboration at this point in Miyat Hashem in the next year.